WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. Felipe Vazquez is the Pirate representative for the Major League Baseball All-Star Game on Tuesday the 17th at D.C. No Pirate really deserves it. Vazquez is... He's okay. 3-2-1 lost record. 3.38 ERA. 18 saves. He has blown four saves. That is tied for second in MLB. But he's in the All-Star Game because... A pirate got to go. Somebody got to represent. So, okay. But the All-Star Game is an outdated concept. Sports isn't good at recognizing when a concept is dead. All-Star Games are dead. All of them. They help the host team and the host city. But the game stopped being a real game a long time ago. The baseball All-Star Game used to be great. It used to be your only chance to see, like, Whitey Ford pitch to Ernie Banks. Or Tom Seaver pitched to Reggie Jackson. But that got ruined by interleague play and by rampant player movement via free agency. The matchups that you could only see in the All-Star game, well, now you're going to see them sooner or later. All-Star game or not. Baseball effed up with interleague play. They should have done it every five or ten years, if at all. But they do it every year and now no one cares about it. Anyway, congratulations to Felipe Vasquez. Uh, the All-Star Game in D.C. on the 17th. It starts at 8 p.m. By the time Vasquez gets into the game, if he does, everyone in Pittsburgh will be asleep and not watching because that game is going to take forever, and it doesn't count anyway. No quarter, excuse me, sick again. I've been thinking of changing the songs up, by the way. Sick again, brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. I was thinking of switching either no quarter or sick again to, uh, I, I have an instrumental of uh, Fairies Wear Boots by Black Sabbath, which is two, two, two songs in one. You got, bam, 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 bam. And then you got So I remain undecided on that front. Uh, getting back to Vasquez. He's actually had a series of good outings. Ten straight outings without allowing a run. One win and six saves in that run. So from that standpoint, I kind of get put him in the all-star game. In light of the reality, which is somebody from the Pirates has to go. Now, here's a tweet from Mike in Pittsburgh. And again, I just invite debate on this. I turned on Mark Madden, and five seconds in, he turned it off. I turned it off because he's saying there is no positive way to look at the Pirates. I just don't get it. You you, you don't get it? What don't you get? Okay, I'll give anybody who calls 30 seconds uninterrupted. Tell me a positive way to look at the Pirates. Tell me a positive way. They're 41 and 48. They once were 26 and 17, which means they've been utterly stinko ever since then. Just a stink sandwich, and every day we take another bite. They're getting ready for a fire sale. There's no promising youngsters in the minors to come up and supplant the veterans who will be departing in the fire sale. 
So they're going to stink. Literally, it's hard to imagine them having a winning season anytime in the next five or six years. So tell me how to look at it in a positive way. And if there is a way, I'll do it because I am a positive person. I, I guess, kind of. I, I'd like to be. So show me how to do it. You can be my Sherpa up the mountain of stupidity or or optimism. One or the other. Fine line. 413-339-39 is the number to call. Uh I, uh, I said earlier how heavy Vince Neal is, the Motley Crue singer, performing solo at uh, the Meadows on Friday. Now, that's no big deal. I'm no one to talk. The guy's enjoying life, that's all. And his voice is still good. It's still, you know, the high-pitched type deal. He just runs out of breath. So what he does is he loses words. He chops words out the lyrics. Like a Dr. Feelgood, instead of, He's the one that called Dr. Feel Good. He's the one that makes you feel all right. It's more like one call Feel Good makes you feel all right. That's it. He chops like half the words up, but you, you still get the gist. And it's still Vince Neil. And it's still Dr. Feel Good. I liked it. It works, and it was a, a lot of fun. And we got Ted Nugent tonight at Greensburg. Here we go. Look out below. Uh, the thing about Ted is Ted peppers the show with a lot of political talk. And, you know, I don't like it when Roger Waters is far left. I'm not crazy about it when Ted's far right. I, I just don't want that as part of my concert. I don't need a political message, you know, right before Ted sings Wang Dang Sweet Poon Tang. I, I, just, I just don't see the connection there. One call, feel good. All right. See, I cut more words out just there. At some point, you don't even need the words. You, you know what, dude? Here's how out of shape Vince is. And I don't want it to seem like I'm making fun of him. But they only did 11 songs, okay? They did nine Motley Crue songs, which Vince sang. And they cut out, they left out like Primal Scream, Livewire. But they, you know, they hit the, the, the big hits. And then his band. Anybody out there remember Slaughter? Vince Neil's band is Slaughter with a different singer. It's the same guys. Uh, so the singer, uh, Blando, I think is, no, no, the guitar player, Blando. Vince takes a break in the middle of the concert, and they do, like, classic rock songs without him, with the guitar player singing. They Now, they did Whole Lot of Love, and they did Heaven and Hell by Black Sabbath, and they did both those songs really well. But it's like it's like, you know, he can't get through the whole show without a break. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. I, I want to get back, and and again, no one's coming up with a positive outlook for the Pirates. At least none that that is actually positive. And as I mentioned earlier, Neil Huntington was doing his babble this past weekend, hinting strongly that there's going to be a fire sale, which is fine. But again, to what end? Uh, it wouldn't shock me if they move Polanco in or Marte. That certainly seems to be something that's bubbling up when people talk about the Pirates between now and the trade deadline. Uh, they may just cut payroll to the bone, like the White Sox or Oakland. But again, they don't have much promise in the farm system. So you're looking at another five or six years of losing baseball, at least, and probably more. Now, Huntington... 
justified taking out Ty on Saturday. He defended Hurdle, who pulled Ty on after 77 pitches, and Ty was pitching well. Huntington said, okay. Tyon has been getting hit hard on the third time through the order. It was going to be his third time through the order. Well, okay, but if you're going to stick to those advanced metrics so strictly, does that mean there could never be an exception? Like on Saturday, when Tyon was pitching so well and his count was low, does that mean you could never find out if he can extend himself and you're just going to assume he's getting his ass kicked? Third time through the rotation, you're going to assume that happens every time? Okay, but if you're managing according to metrics all the time, I get it. But you've got to do it then all the time. Uh, July 11th, uh, just two days away, Wednesday, is National Blueberry Muffin Day. I want an equal amount of blueberries in each muffin on that day. And I don't care how long it takes. Let's go to Mike in Chippewa. Mike, you're on with Double M. I say good day, Mark. Right. Here's the uh, here's the question on the Pirates. The only positive thing that can happen with the Pirates if is if the Hillbilly Prince can somehow be humiliated to the extent to which he'll sell the club. And the guy well, like what, are, what, are, what are you talking about? What, what are you talking about? You think billionaires what? can be humiliated? He doesn't care. He just wants to keep breaking in the cash. Well, the cash is, is incredible. That there comes a point in time where you can't hide forever. No, 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 you're wrong. When you're a billionaire, you can hide forever. He can do this indefinitely. That's been the plan. He puts well, Huntington right, right. out you there. See, but but you think... Do you really think he could be forced, shamed into selling? Billionaires don't have any shame. That's how they it's got ha- to be billionaires. It's happened before, then perhaps it'll happen. Oh, okay, I'm going to say it real United. slow this time. It's not going to happen. Nutting will only sell the team on his terms and not a second before. You get it? And if the and if there is some issue, you're right. He's going to be embarrassed and sell the team to me. And then you know what I'll do? I'll run it even tighter budget. I'll rob this city for all it's worth and laugh. I mean, bro, seriously, you sound really dumb. You won't accept reality. You think he could be shamed into selling the team? Okay, tell me a factor that could get him to sell the team. Go ahead. Indictment. Indictment. That's correct. Indictment for what? Well, there's been there's been two major league owners who've been forced to sell. So who are they? Uh, the Dodgers. What? I think the Dodgers owner was forced to sell. Okay, what is Nutting going to do that forces him to sell? How will he be indicted? Well, I guess that's our task, isn't it? Bro, you, seriously, you, you, every minute you sound stupider. You started as a reasonable caller, and now you sound like just another dumbass from Beaver County. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. It's not with you, it's at you. Let's go to Marty in Dormont. Marty. Mark, how you doing, eh? Great. It seems like you just can't root for the hometown team. You just is it you just trying to be contrarian or you really hate the pirates? No, I, I really hate I really hate the way the pirates are run. I hate the way the pirates are run 
with a burning passion because I loved that team as a child. I went to 41 games when they won the World Series in 1971. That was the number one team in my life. And this son of a bitch from Bug Tussle has ruined it. So okay? you're saying if they had different owners, you'd like them again. Is that what you're saying? If they ran it, if they ran it right. If they spent Fair money enough. and ran it right, yeah. Fair enough. All right, thanks. Let's go to Mike and Robinson. Mike, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, big fan, big fan. Right. Just wanted to say, uh, a few years ago when they had a few decent seasons, um, we were led to believe that they weren't going to add that big free agent or big trade because they didn't want to give away their prospects. Now they've had two disappointing seasons in a row uh, with nothing to show for it, no playoff wins, and now nobody left in the talent pool to bring up. And it's just a vicious cycle that I don't think is ever going to end. Well, you know we're nothing really going to break. In 13, 14, and 15, you know, whenever you win with this model, it's a happy accident. Okay, when you gather enough players at one time on the cheap where you can have a few good years, and that bought him credibility, but it didn't last long because he ripped it up in front of everybody's face and threw it in the air. He just shredded his own credibility when he dismantled the 2015 team. And no matter what anybody wants to say, all those bloggers out there who really know baseball, who say that was the right thing to do because... You'll never be able to get more value, blah, blah, blah. You know, it just, you know, at that point, they won 98 games. They should have kept that team together uh, as best they could. They couldn't stop guys from retiring like Burnett and Ramirez, although I know they didn't even try with Burnett. But the the point being, uh, they got rid of eight components from a 98-win team by the next trade deadline. And how can you have faith in an organization that does that? All righty then. In just a moment, I'm going to talk about declining concession prices in football as compared to the Steelers. And, you know, Steeler attendance is dropping. I couldn't believe it either, but it is. I'll tell you about it in a moment here on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. This is Bob Hope. Uh, this is. How you doing? The one. Hey, uh, you know what? Why? This? Call back when you're coherent. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. 412-333-9939 is the number to call up. I repeat my question, which wasn't going to be the question of the day, but it's morphed into that because I'm getting crap from people who say, well, if you're going to talk negative about the Pirates, I'm going to listen to something else. So go listen to something else. Go F yourself. I don't care. You know I don't care about that. You know that's not the threat I'm going to acquiesce to. If you tell me I can't get any more diet right, pure zero, caffeine-free cherry cola, we could negotiate about that. But, but in terms of not listening, who cares? It's like my, my radio idol Doug Hurst said, kid, once you're established, you can be crap for five years, nobody will notice. He didn't say crap. But, but tell me a way to approach the pirates. Tell me a positive method to discuss the Pirates, because I don't think one exists the way things are going. I want to get this in. The Atlanta Falcons cut their concession prices by 50%. Uh, you can get a beer for 5 bucks and a hot dog for 2 bucks. The Baltimore Ravens now are cutting their concession prices by a third. Uh, the Steelers charge 40 bucks for parking and 8 bucks for beer. Maybe the Steelers should go the discount route, because... Heinz Field holds 68,400. 
Now listen to this. Heinz Field holds 68,400. And the average attendance this past season was 62,471. That's almost 6,000 empty seats per game. Now that figure's down from 64,312 the year before. Now all the tickets are sold. But that's turnstile count. That's a lot of no-shows. Now, it costs three times as much to go to a Steeler game than it does a Pirate game. Then again, the Steelers organization is trying to win. Perhaps that's a trying-to-win tax. A beer is 8 bucks in a Steeler game. It's 6 bucks in a Pirate game. Uh, the Penguins charge 13 bucks, but that's for a 24-ounce beer, I think. Uh, a draft at the Penguin game is 850 by the way, there's a very logical reason beer at sporting events is so expensive. It's so people don't drink too much and cause trouble. If you'll recall, uh, I believe it was nickel beer night at a Cleveland Indians game caused in a riot that led to a forfeit. So you don't you, you want to have a good time, but not too good a time. Uh, some idiot jumped his motorcycle. Over 52 cars, and then he jumped it over 16 Greyhound buses, and then he jumped it over the Fonz and Caesars Palace in Las Vegas by way of duplicating all of Evil Knievel's famous stunts. Evil Knievel was a motorcycle daredevil and did all that crap in the 60s and 70s. That's just dumb, isn't it? If you want to be a real man, jump a shark on water skis like the Fonz did. Let's go to Matt Newport Beach. Matt, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark. I agree with everything you're saying about the Pirates. You know, I'm a very frustrated Pittsburgh kid living in L.A., and I think the thing that frustrates me most about the Pirates is I went to see the Giants play this week, this weekend against St. Louis up in San Francisco, and there's seven guys that are former Pirates on the San Francisco Giants roster. Some of these guys, like McCutcheon, they traded. They got some guys back. We'll see how they do. I doubt there'll be anything, but you never know. But you look at that roster, Alan Hansen's batting 277 or something around there as of Friday night. We got we gave him away. I mean, why, you know. Now, the Giants are in fourth place, place just like the Pirates. They're three games out approximately, too. So. Yeah, three and a half. No, that's a good point. They're, they're above 500. They're competitive. Yeah, and that's a very tough division. San Diego's an up-and-coming team that's very, very competitive with, you know, the rest of those teams. No, you got the D-backs, so. Dodgers, and Rockies. It, the the National League West is a tough division, no question. Yeah, I just that's the frustrating part to me. You know, look at I look at their pitcher Hunter Strickland. Uh, the guy punched the wall, but the Pirates had him at one point. We gave him away for nothing, right? Uh, Chase Arnaud's on that team. Um, it's Corky Hernandez is on that team. It, it is amazing. It is amazing, isn't it? How guys who were terrible here will go someplace else and be better just because it's a better environment. I also think not only that, but I also think there's got to be something with the coaching staff, right, of teaching these guys the way to be and, and how, to, how to be successful in the major league environment. I agree with I, that. Thank you for the call, Matt. Let's go to Zach on the Parkway. Zach, you're on with Double M. Mark, I agree with you everything about the Pirates, but here's the question. I'm not a super genius like you, so I can't answer it. What if they shifted the way the franchise was run? This is a sports town. Winning teams are very profitable. Why can't they do that? Why don't they? Because if you spend more money in the attempt to win, there's no guarantee that money will come back. Because there's no guarantee you'll win. 
I mean, you could spend $40 million more in payroll, but what if the guys you sign with that extra money aren't good? I mean, don't get me wrong. It's the right thing to do, to try. I mean, that's the, that's the very, that's ground zero for sports, is to try. But there's no guarantee that money's going to come back uh, profitably. Well, there's my answer. Thank you for the call. No, the way it's run now, if you keep payroll minimum, you know, the key is to know you're going to make a big profit if you don't win. And then if you win by accident, like I said, that's what they see it as, a happy accident. We got the Swabby and Alex on hold. Please do stay on hold. We've got plenty more to talk about today. Uh, I'll tell you one thing the Pirates could do to prove something. They won't, but they should because it would prove something, but they won't. I'll talk about that next on 105.9. X and now the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan, big fan. Hashtag best in the world. You are super genius. (laughs) I'll say, and then some. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. I'm still challenging people to tell me a positive way to approach discussing the Pirates. They're 41 and, and, and 48. A fire sale is imminent. No one deserved to make the All-Star game. They got nothing in the minors to replace the guys who leave via the fire sale. They've lost 13 of their last 19. Half their players appear... Badly disinterested, disengaged like Polanco, first and foremost. Clint Hurdle has just lost his touch as a manager and is certainly uh, not at all the tough manager that you'd expect him to be based on his outward bluster. It's like no one ever has to know an unpleasant moment if you play for the Pirates and everybody gets a certain amount of at-bats, so... If you can think of some way for me to put a positive spin on the Pirates and where they're at now, I'd love to hear it at 412-333-WXDX. Now, as the Pirates approach whatever they characterize their latest PR cycle to be, I'm about to beat a dead horse. If you want me to believe that you're at all attempting to win, either now or ever again, then DFA Sean Rodriguez. I know he's been on the DL and hasn't played since June 24th. But the guy that's hitting 145 after 117 at-bats just can't play ever again and certainly can't start ever again like he has one-third of the Pirates games so far this season. Don't quote metrics to defend, for example, Tylon's removal after 77 pitches Saturday Don't lean on metrics for that and then tell me about Sean Rodriguez's intangibles and how everybody in the clubhouse loves him. And by the way, if everybody in the clubhouse loves a guy hitting 145, that explains a lot because that is a losing clubhouse. Clint Hurdle said today that uh, Rodriguez had his rehab assignment transfer from AAA to Bradenton with the AAA team Indianapolis at All-Star break, but uh, just send the guy home. He has to get paid the rest of the year anyway. Send the guy home, and if the clubhouse revolts, F the clubhouse, because I would think the clubhouse, more than anything, needs at long last a kick up the backside. 412-333-9939. Um, here's some big MMA news. Brock Lesnar 
is going to be back in UFC and is going to fight Daniel Cormier for the heavyweight title in November at Madison Square Garden. That would be great to see, actually. Uh, Cormier just won the heavyweight title on Saturday. I would assume Lesnar drops the WWE title between now and then. Lesnar's 40, but he's still a badass, still looks the part very much. And when you can't develop new stars, you recycle old stars. McGregor will be back. John Bones Jones will be back. And Phil Mickelson will play Tiger Woods one-on-one on network television with the winner getting $10 million. All that stuff is what happens when your game can't create new stars. Let's go to uh, Mark and Forrest Hills. Mark, you're on with Double M. Um, I wanted to add to what you just said about Sean Rodriguez. Another thing that I would like to see them do, quite honestly, is to trade Polanco and kick in cash if nobody takes him. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see that. I, you know, he's old enough. We, he is what he is, and he's not a major league everyday right fielder. Injury well, I actually pro- think he is an everyday major league right fielder if he could just clear up his mental lapses and commit himself to the game. Uh, nine innings every pitch. That's what he's lacking. I don't know whether he has attention deficit disorder, and I'm not kidding. That might be the problem, or whether his baseball IQ is just rock bottom, or whether he's just stupid. But for whatever reason, Gregory Polanco is too often disengaged from the game and makes mental mistakes. And and I had another idea for baseball generally, which you might not agree with, but the next time they talk about this uh, TV contract money and how to, you know, split it between the ownership, maybe they should come up with not a cap, but something that says that each team must spend at least fifty million on five oh. starting pitches and not. Yeah, they're more just than not going to do that. There's, you're talking about, you're getting too specific, but you're talking about a salary floor, a floor and a ceiling. Well, well, well but if the, the ceiling's a cap, and the players will never agree to a cap. And why would the owners want a floor if there's no cap? Well, they wouldn't want it, I guess. You're right, and they make the rules. So, yeah. No, no, no. You're, you're talking about the owners would want a cap. The players would want a floor. Neither would want what the other wouldn't want without getting what they want. I mean, come on. Common sense, bro. Goodbye. Let's go to Evan on the parkway. Evan, you're on with double M. Evan? Let's go to the Swabby in Dormont. Swabby, you're on the Mark Madden Show. How you doing, Mark? Good. Uh, yeah, I, I just uh, to reiterate how bad the uh, cheap the Pirates are, I usually fly, I fly up to fly to Chicago for my Navy drill weekend. I drill in Great Lakes, and I was there in June. It was the same weekend as the Pirates playing the Cubs for that three-game series in Wrigley. Right. And on my way home, I'm flying in row 16, and to my right is Frank Cooley, the team president, and his wife flying and coach. So that tells me three things. One, either he's a cheapskate and won't fork up the money for first class. Two, the Pirates organization is cheap and won't pay for their president to be in third, first class. And also, if the president of the team is flying coach on a regional jet, how are they treating the rest of the organization? Well, let me because- let me just throw a spanner in the works here, uh, Swabby. Did you see was co- was first class full or not? I believe it might have been, but... You see, I mean, if it's, if it's talk- full, maybe he committed to fly late and couldn't get a first-class seat. I, I've been through that. 
It could have, but but the point. I mean, this is just shows you how just how this team is run. I mean, no, yeah, I would thank you for the call, Swabby. I think he probably couldn't get a first class seat. Let's face it, first class unlimited liquor that has Frank Coonley written all over it. Let's go to Gary in Wexford. Gary, you're on with Double M. I think uh, of all the things the Pirates do wrong, the thing that shows the most incompetence to me is drafting power pitchers and teaching them to pitch to contact. It seems counterintuitive. Let them be strikeout pitchers. Look at Garrett Cole this season and what he's getting done. Well, no, I think you have to uh, handle each pitcher as his talent dictates. I don't think you could have a blanket policy in that regard. But they do. I know. No, that, that it, the policy itself doesn't bother me. Any kind of blanket policy bothers me. In other words, if, if they were all trying to be power pitchers, if that was a franchise uh, dictum, I would disagree with that, too. You have to let every pitcher pitch to his strengths, whether it's you know blowing the ball by a hitter or pitching to contact. I'd like to see what some of them could do without their restraints. That's all. I'd like to see what some of them could do with a new manager, new pitching coach, but you know what? Honestly, it probably wouldn't be enough. And like I've been saying, uh, Hurdle and Huntington are signed through uh, 2021. Is that right, 2021? And they're just not going to pay Huntington to not be the GM or Hurdle to uh, not manage. They're not going to pay those guys for being... Unemployed. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Let's go to Alex in Bridgeville. Alex, you're on with Double M. What up, man? What up, man? Do you think the reason that uh, Hurdle and, in particular, Huntington have enjoyed such longevity up until this point is because of Nutting's apathy towards winning? Well, you can't say they've done a bad job up till now, can you? Uh, I think you can. Okay, they were in the playoffs three years in a row just three years ago, and since then their budget's been smashed to smithereens, and, uh, you know, they're still relatively competitive. I mean, I think Huntington's done exactly all he can. Now, that's not praising him because he's part of the con. I think Hurdle's done a terrible job, but again, they're not going to pay these guys through 2021 for free while paying somebody else to do their jobs. Let's go to Dave and Churchill. Dave, you're on with Double M. Mark, can we talk a little hockey? Um, the B team was talking about trading Chris Letang instead of Ali Mata for Max. What do you think of that? For who? For Pacioretty? They're not going to trade either one for Pacioretty. What, you're going to fix your defense by getting Jack Johnson and then ruin it to bring in a left wing? Come on. I got to be honest, the B team lately really stinks. And there's a lot of guys that I respect, but they're as unmotivated as I am right now. They just don't have my wit and intelligence going for them. But how many people do? Uh, you know what I find myself thinking of now? The lasagna with Alfredo and shrimp on it from Olive Garden. What else did they put? I got to look this up right now. Olive Garden... Lasagna. They have all these weird lasagnas that have stuff on top of it. Oh, here it is. Create your own lasagna. Let's see what my options are. Because I am thinking about taking the opportunity to 
create my own lasagna, okay? Wait, this doesn't make sense. Oh, here's the toppings. Wait, okay. Garden veggies, cheese ravioli. Cheese ravioli on top of lasagna? Mini meatballs, chicken fritta, which is fried chicken, grilled chicken, sauteed shrimp. Choose a sauce, meat sauce, marinara, Alfredo, five cheese marinara. This is all pretty interesting. And it's all four cheese lasagna with all this stuff on top of it. I would probably go with, I'd go with the fried chicken, the chicken Frida. Is that, that's fried chicken, right? That I'm not, you know, I don't speak Italian like the, like the three movie producers in Inglorious Bastards, but that sounds like fried chicken to me. I would go with fried chicken and meat sauce on top of my lasagna. That sounds pretty darn good. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I am surprised, like I've been saying, that Tampa hasn't completed that Eric Carlson deal yet. Maybe that's not as imminent as uh, we had thought. And I still don't see. I know they could put Carlson and Hedman or Carlson and McDonough on the same pair. But doesn't Girardi have to play with McDonough for... Girardi to be useful at all. Maybe Girardi's on his way out in Tampa Bay. I don't know. I think Carlson's real good, but I think there's that question with the ankle injury. I think they took out a bone. There's a question with him coming back. At least there would be in my mind. I don't know. Again, it just strikes me as collecting hockey cards and not building a winner. You watch Toronto. Toronto's going to lose a bunch of 6-5 games, and I bet they're out in the first round again this coming year. I bet they are out in the first round again this coming year. We're going to talk a bit more later about that baseball game that took four hours and 30 minutes. And a bunch of Phillies fans were there. There were, what, 24,000 people at that game. But I heard it was like three-quarters Phillies fans. You know why? Because they spent some money, and they're trying to win. Can this be right? The Toronto Maple Leafs are the favorite to win the Stanley Cup. You know why that is, though? That That's in case a ton of Toronto money comes in because they're a popular team. You know, they're like Canada's team. In case they win, so the pat won't be that bad. But Toronto ain't going to win the Stanley Cup. Toronto's going to have a tough time still getting out of the first round. Leafs at plus 700. Tampa at plus 900. Bruins at 950. Nashville and Vegas at 1100. Caps and Penguins at 1200. Caps and Penguins are bigger underdogs than Vegas, Nashville, Boston, Tampa, Toronto. I think if Pittsburgh played Toronto in a best-of-seven series, Pittsburgh would win in 4-5. or five. But yet Toronto is a bigger favorite to win the Stanley Cup than the Penguins are. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. We're going to talk to Bob McLaughlin just around the corner. Hockey, boy, it's amazing how little some of the people who know hockey actually know about hockey. You know where the Tavares stuff comes from? The going overboard with the Maple Leafs now being favored to win the Cup? All those Toronto hockey writers who are supposedly the big names in hockey journalism, they're all Leafs fans. And they're going nuts like like Tavares can play defense and not center. That's what they need is defense. I, I'm going on about this, probably talking too much about how people are overreacting to Tavares going there. But I think they're really, in a big way, overreacting to Tavares going there. We'll talk to Bob McGaugh next. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. 
And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, I uh, love the show, man. Hey, Mark, how you doing, pal? All hail double M. The X at 105.9. I wrote a column in the uh, Trib about how the Tiger versus Phil one-on-one is contrived because neither one can win a real tournament anymore. And somebody tweeted, Phil won a tournament this year, and Tiger has three top five finishes, but cool story, bro. Okay, I said, win tournaments. Win. Tiger hasn't won a tournament since 2013. That tournament Mickelson won this year in Mexico, his first win since 2013. Look, I know a con when I see it. I know when something is more fluff than substance in a one-on-one matchup for $10 million. Like I've been saying, it smacks of country club hustling and end up golf's inability to create new stars. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought you by 84 Lumber. Bob, in what way can I address the Pirates, where they are and where they're headed, in a positive manner? I've challenged people <laughs> to tell me how I can. Well, how can I? How can I be positive about the Pirates? That's an impossible question. I mean, there's nothing out there right now. You see fan disinterest at, you know, record lows right now. Um, boy, five-game losing streak that they break yesterday. You got the Nationals in town tonight. They already got swept by the Nationals in a four-game series earlier this year. There's nothing to build on right now. There's no trust in the ownership or trust in the players to put their best effort out there. So I don't think there's I, any trust between the fans and ownership or between players and ownership. I'd agree I think with the that. players who were left from the from the era when they won and made the playoffs, like 13, 15, there aren't many, but there are some. I, I think they've seen ownership let them down one time too many, and I think that's why a lot of them seem to be inattentive, like Martin Polanco. They just don't seem to give a damn. They seem like they've been beaten down. And like I said, that might be because they're just not very bright or because they have low baseball IQs, but uh, they're not into it, not like a professional should be. Or because that's the atmosphere that they've been through year in and year out. Um, I, I wish I had a better answer for you, Mark, on how to talk positively about the Pirates right now, but there's just nothing to build off of there. There's no good answer to that question. Well, here's something that further makes me laugh. Huntington in his in his diatribe said they were hoping for between 78 and 82 wins this year. And maybe they could get hot and get lucky and get to the playoffs, right? Could you imagine Art Rooney saying we were hoping for eight wins this year? Could you imagine Mario Lemieux saying we were hoping would be 500? It just is so indicative of what each of the teams intends to do by by what Huntington said and what obviously the Steelers and Penguins never would. Yeah, Mark, how damning is that statement? I mean, that shows the absolute truth that the the true colors of the Pirates aren't black and gold. They're green. I mean, if you look at your team that you're building and you think that you're going to get 78 to 82 wins like that, don't you try and put a better product out there? Don't you try and improve that? If that's what you're looking at, that's your reality, then you get to work on building a better team. You know, and it starts with the owner committing more money to payroll. It starts with the GM going out there doing a better job or having his staff do a better job of, you know, evaluating talent, of looking for that diamond in the rough out there, of getting somebody brought up through the organization that they've done in the past, but they just haven't kept too many of those people around to build on it. And you're always looking at next year. And again, that was part of his answer again this time 
well, we don't really have it this year, so we're going to look ahead to next year, and we may have to tear it down, and obviously I'm paraphrasing, but everybody has been through this before. Everybody knows exactly what he's saying. We're going to cut payroll. We're going to get more profit. We're not going to put more talent back out on the field. They should just blow it up all right now, like strip it to yeah, the Yeah, but to studs. what end? To what end? What do they do after that? Well, then they absolutely, I mean, if they go to bottom basement, if, if they Mark, blow it up, there's no one to, to, to bring up to develop. I mean, they'll get prospects for the guys they trade that are of any prominence, but probably not very big prospects because the other team will be taking payroll off the Pirates' hands as well. So they're going to be left barren, both in the major league and minor league levels. Well, they're going to have to spend, uh, and they're going to have to spend more. I'm not they're talking about... They're just not going to. No, I... I I understand that, which is why you can't talk about the Pirates in a positive light, because every single conversation comes back to one thing happening with this club, with this organization. It's not going to happen, so what's the point? Do you think they're going to cut it to the bone, like you suggest, and trade Polanco and Marte? I would have no problem with it. I don't think that they well, no, why will. Why would you have a problem with it, in light of the fact you know they won't make the most of of, of what they get for them and won't maximize what they can get for them because they just want to slash payroll. Because I think, Mark, there's no other option. People just don't care about it right now. So if they do trade them, I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to go for your between 70 and 80 wins again? And that's what you're shooting for. And here we go. Uh, that's not going to interest anybody. All it's going to do is piss more people off because it's another year of it. It's all compounding now to the diehards. They're sick of it. And like I keep saying, Bob, if you're sick of hearing me talk about the Pirates this way, I'm no less sick having to talk about oh, them I know this it. way. It's the only way to talk about them. Unless you want to sound like a dope. And I'll be blunt, I hear people on the B team try to, you know, quote-unquote, balance the conversation. There's nothing to balance. It's a franchise that wants money, doesn't care if it wins, will slash and burn, cost to the bone to make more money. How do you slap a happy face or even balance on that? Yeah, you absolutely don't. But the other thing you don't do is you don't tweet that you have to talk positively about the Pirates and not call the number that you give out 20 times an hour where you can have that conversation. If you have an idea on how to talk positively about the Pirates in this organization right now, call in and put it out there. If it's good enough, I'm sure a lot of people would be happy to jump on it and put that out there. But there, there is nothing. There's nothing tangible that you can say that's happening good with this Pirate organization. Now, Bob, if you went to Olive Garden and got this lasagna that you pile stuff on, what would you pile on the lasagna? Yeah, I don't have. I you went over it, and I actually built one in my head. I would get the. Well, you start with four cheeses, right? Four cheese lasagna. Yes. I would definitely get the marinara sauce. Okay. And then I would get. I think I would put the meatballs on top, either the meatballs or the chicken. Now, when I go to Olive Garden, uh, <laughs> I get the chicken parm every time, probably right. for the last eight years. But isn't this an intriguing idea? Oh yeah. I'll be kind of a dumb one. It's like I said, pulled pork on a hamburger. Well, yeah, but... I mean, you know, I, I like the idea of the fried chicken. Like the, it looks like fried chicken puffs. I would do that. Lasagna. Well, yeah, that would be as close to my chicken parm as I could get because you've already got the cheese. Now you got the chicken. Plus, you got all that lasagna underneath it. You know what? My latest thing I've been eating like crazy is I, I like, uh, you know, the Big Shot Bob's wings, the 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 uh, buffalo parm wings. My special flavor. Uh, yep. Uh, big sexy, right? But when I can't get to a Big Shot Bob's, I'll stop at a, at a get-and-go, a Giant Eagle, and get their boneless buffalo or barbecue wings, heat them up in the microwave, and drench them in Parmesan cheese. <laughs> kind of like almost to do it yourself. Not as good, but pretty good. We're a big uh, we're a big Giant Eagle chicken family. Whether it's the rotisserie that they strategically place right at the register, 
So it's hot enough right there. You can just kind of burn your hand for a second and throw it on the conveyor belt. Or we go and we get the boneless wings also. That's Bob McLaughlin brought to you by 84 Lumber. In just 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you about something that no one should ever want to go through. 105.90X.